This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Good morning and welcome to Campus Voices. I'm Rick Alloway, and as always, I thank you for your time this Sunday morning. December 1st of this year will mark the 35th recognition of World AIDS Day. And joining us this morning to talk about that day and uh, some events that are planned on the campus of the University of Nebraska, we have Pat Tetro, who is the director of the LGBTQA Plus Center and the Women's Center at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And Kevin Hanrahan is a professor of voice and director of faculty development at the Glenn Korf School of Music. Thanks to you both and welcome to the program this morning. Glad to have you here. Thanks, Rick. Good morning. It's great to be here. So on December the 1st, we'll have the recognition of World AIDS Day. Let's start by just a brief definition of what World AIDS Day is and what it represents. Pat, you want to lead off with that? Sure. Um, World AIDS Day is a day that's been set aside to help raise awareness and encourage prevention of HIV and also the development of AIDS. So this, I believe, is the 35th year. The first year was in 1988 that it took place. And since that time, there's about 39 million people who are globally living with HIV. Um, due to progress in research and treatment and also detection, um, living with HIV is more of a chronic illness. However, when people develop AIDS, um, it is a syndrome that um, eventually results in death. And so it's transmitted in certain ways. Um, one of them is through contact with certain bodily fluids. And so um, there's also the emphasis on safer sex um, and Part of um, the effort for the program that we'll be doing this year is to help maintain some of that awareness and also um, provide for some information and resources and as well as um, some music. A nice blend of things there, Pat. I, those of us who are old enough to remember when none of us had heard of the term AIDS before or HIV, remember the initial years of fear and hysteria that accompanied the uh, the acknowledgement of what those initials would stand for and a reckoning of what it meant, but then a gradual reckoning of, uh, I, I, I hate to use the word hope, but there, I think hope's the right word. There, there have been major developments that have made it less of a um, it doesn't have the certainty that perhaps it might have had. I know I had a young man in our program who was diagnosed with uh, uh, HIV in what was described at that time as one of the most virulent strains out there, and he was given about six months to live, and that was about 30-some years ago. And he's, he's healthy and happy and monogamous, and his HIV rates uh, are, are undetectable at this point. So um, that certainly was... Is, is, is a sign of hope, but I think that can lead to some complacency too, can it not? I think that it can. I think that um, it's it's a challenging thing when you're trying to help people prevent things that um, are not necessarily seen as an immediate threat. Um, and so 
with treatment being available, um, which is a definitely a good thing. It does help people maintain um, their their health and their ability to continue to live a productive life. Um, the challenging part, I think, is that people have to take medication on a regular basis. Um, and like everybody should be doing, hopefully trying to maintain our own physical, mental, and emotional health to the best of our ability. And so those are all things that, that can be challenges for all of us. But I also think that when you have to take medication and you're very aware of how it may impact how you feel every day, and also that it may impact other people that you care about, um, that that immediacy and having to deal with those impacts um, makes a huge difference for how people live their lives. So um, I'm very thankful that there are options for people, um, both in terms of prevention as well as in treatment. Um, hopefully what our goal is, is also to help people um, be aware of it without necessarily having to deal with it directly. Knowledge is certainly power, and that's one of the things that uh, the event coming up here on December 1st will include, some some uh, some elements of additional uh, updates on knowledge of the current uh, standards or uh, the current research that's being uh, undertaken along that line. So 35 years ago, World AIDS Day makes its first appearance, and here we are now in 2023. And uh, this is where Kevin jumps in a little bit because he had an idea of trying to do an interdisciplinary event for this 31st, uh, 35th observation of World AIDS Day. Kevin, tell us what, what was the genesis of your thinking on trying to put together something that would that would bring together several university entities? Um, yeah, happy to. Um, it's a little bit of uh, a little bit of necessity and uh, uh, and uh, creativity here. So um, it starts back in. Um, I think it was uh, 2021, I was in uh, Austria, in Vienna, attending a, a, a voice conference. And uh, some colleagues of mine um, who are going to be involved in the event were giving a lecture recital on the AIDS quilt songbook. Uh, and I attended it. And, and I really thought these were beautiful songs. And they uh, were wonderful music that you don't generally hear performed much. And as I was sitting there listening to this, I, I was thinking about um, a, a more uh, personal problem, and that is um, we're getting a new music building uh, over here in music and that our performance spaces are not accessible to us, uh, or, or we're at that time, we're not going to be accessible to us. And I was thinking about where, where might I do a recital if I wanted to invite them to come and perform at UNL, and then I immediately thought, oh, wait a minute, we could do this at the Quilt Center, right? Uh, and that spurred um, the thought of, well, if we're going to do the quilt center, we could have the AIDS quilt. Uh, and I remember when I was faculty senate president back in uh, 2018, 2019, attending board of regents meetings, um, there was a doctor from UNMC, Dr. Benson Adagwa, who came and talked about uh, research that they were doing at UNMC on AIDS. And I thought to myself, well, why not have him come down and talk and we could have a whole big sort of AIDS awareness thing at the quilt museum with all this stuff, get the uh, sexuality and uh, genders uh, center involved at UNL and 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 turn it into uh, an event uh, and 
uh, I think it was Pat who maybe suggested if there was a way to somehow help the Nebraska AIDS project. And I said, well, why don't we just take up a donation for them and, and help them help them sponsor it? So we just sort of pulled it all together. But it, but it all came from their performance. Um, and so um, I'm really excited to have my colleagues, um, Susan Hurley, uh, Marcy McKee and Debbie Popham and William Raber uh, coming from uh, various different universities in Southeast United States uh, to come and help us perform these wonderful songs. It's so wonderful, the synergy that happens when you get a whole bunch of different people uh, working together to say, look how much greater we can make this when we have the sum of the different parts coming together. Yeah. So let's talk about the event itself. It is December the 1st, and it is from 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, at the Quilt Museum. And for those folks who are not familiar with the Quilt Museum, first of all, it's a fabulous asset to the University of Nebraska and to life in general, I think. Is it located at 33rd and Holdridge with uh, parking accessible right adjacent to the to the museum? Uh, kind of walk through with us what uh, both Pat and Kevin, what uh, kinds of events will be happening during that that two hour uh, time together at the Quilt Museum on the first. Sure, I'll 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 talk about the overall structure, and then uh, Pat can fill in some uh, of the details that um, I may not provide. So. Um, we're we're starting at four o'clock. We're going to start with a performance of um, some of the AIDS quilt songbook uh, songs uh, that will include, uh, as I mentioned, my guest uh, colleagues um, from the Southeast United States. And we'll have six students also performing on the concert from the Glencore School of Music. I'll be performing myself. So we'll, we'll have a performance about 35, 40 minutes of music. Uh, and then we'll have a 10 minute break uh, where uh, everyone can get, some, we'll have some food and drinks because it's a first Friday event for the Quilt Center. So there'll be some food and, and drinks available. And we'll have 10 minutes for people to explore the um, Quilt Center. Uh, then we'll come back and we'll have a 20 minute presentation from Dr. Adagwa about the AIDS research that uh, he's involved in and that the university is involved in. Uh, and then following that, we'll have a brief five-minute presentation from Nebraska AIDS Project. And then we'll have another 10-minute break for people to get more food and walk around, enjoy the Quilt Center. And then we'll end the evening uh, with um, another about 40 minutes or so of music from the AIDS Quilt Songbook. Uh, and all this time, um, we have uh, in the program uh, QR code for uh, those who are interested in helping to support the Nebraska AIDS Project can make a donation uh, using that QR code. And then uh, during that 10 minute, those two 10 minute breaks, um, we also have opportunities for people to um, visit with some of our other guests. And I'll, I'll let Pat talk more about those people. All right, Pat, take the handoff. Well, the Nebraska AIDS Project will also have a table with information and the Lancaster Department of Health will also provide some print materials as well. And there will be a quilt panel that the Quilt Museum is bringing in from the names quilt. And we'll also have a small replica of a panel that was put together by the sex ed Pure sex ed program many, many, many years ago, which you may remember, Rick. I do. Uh, so we, that program, we used to do a lot of HIV AIDS outreach. And so one year uh, put a panel together and then had it in the union and over 300 people signed it. And then the names quilt was in Omaha. So we went up and presented it to the quilt 
Um, and so it's part of the quilt now. And we have a small little replica of it. So that will be there as well. Um, and I just want to say that I'm actually myself looking forward to hearing all the music and appreciate Kevin having um, really spearheaded all of this and that um, our our collaborator at the Quilt Museum, Leslie, um, I'm not actually sure if I'm saying the right pronunciation, Levi, um, has also been working with us and um, really appreciate that we can also help support Nebraska AIDS Project and um, get some of that information out to people, whether it's resources or the updates on research, because um, having done this work many, many years ago, I really don't hear that much about it anymore. Um, I know there's things going on. I periodically get emails about national days or months that are being recognized. Um, so I think that this is a really important program that can be both informative and entertaining and um, help raise some awareness and prevention and hopefully destigmatize whatever stigma may be out there. So I mean how often yeah I was gonna say and how often do you get to go to a concert that mixes the visual arts and sciences and, and the audio arts, if you will, and music all together. I mean you'll be fully engaged with your mind, body, and your soul. I mean it's a great yeah. opportunity. It's definitely an interdisciplinary, intersectional kind of experience. Yeah. Canada. Plus, we'll give you a little bit of refreshments as well, which also is food always makes things go a little better, I think. Well, and involving uh, uh, two of the campuses of the university as well, between all the work going on here at UNL and then with Dr. Adagwa's work going on at UNMC. And uh, the UNMC folks just continue to astonish me with all the work that they do, uh, groundbreaking work in so many different areas. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear what uh, what Dr. Adagwa has to say about all this. And when I saw the event was going to involve a, a panel from the, the AIDS quilt, um, and then you were holding it at the quilt center. <laughs> that's just, that's that's perfect. There There is no better place to hold this event than there. So I'm excited you were able to make all of this work out. Kevin? Um, actually, one thing I just thought of too was the Gender and Sexuality Center is who distributes safer sex kits on campus. So I may be bringing some of those with me as well. Yeah. Kevin, I will confess I had not heard of the the AIDS Quilt Songbook prior to this event. That's uh, That's new to me. How did you first hear about this? Was it at that performance you heard in Vienna? Uh, no, no. I, I, I knew about it back in the 90s when I was a, a college student when it came out. Um, it was uh, first published back in, um, I think it was 1992 or 93. Um, and so um, I, I knew about it from back then when the AIDS quilt, it was part of the uh, the commission of the names, um, AIDS uh, Project AIDS Memorial Quilt Project. Uh, and so um, I knew about it then. Uh, and it, what's interesting is that many of the uh, composers um, that were in the original songbook, which was put to, it was commissioned by, oh, I forget his name now. Um, oh, it was commissioned by a, a, a baritone um, who um, ended up himself having AIDS and, and, and um, it was very successful and he planned a second one, but he died 
before he could get the second one really going, which is why you'll hear in the concert songs that are not actually in the the official AIDS quilt songbook, but in what would have been the second volume of that. But a lot of the composers that did write songs for this are people like uh, Ned Rorm, who if you're in the classical vocal world, uh, you know him, he's, he's one of the most, the most prolific songwriters in America, still alive today, I believe. Um, very old, but still alive. <laughs> um, Ricky Ian Gordon, who uh, is an alum of my undergrad, Carnegie Mellon, um, he wrote, he was just becoming uh, a, a, a name at that time. Uh, and a, another guy uh, by the name of Richard Pearson Thomas, who if you're, unless you're really into uh, American art song, you may not know who he is. Uh, he writes these sort of beautiful um, musical theater kind of like songs that are um, classical in nature, but but more theatrical. Uh, and uh, we we have one of his pieces that you'll hear called AIDS Anxiety, which is a little bit funny. Um, it has to do with the the the, the panic that uh, young men might have when they think they might be infected by something. Um, and there's uh, other composers who are who are now. Um, um, I think William Bolcom has uh, has a song in there who is, uh, for those who are, um, again, in the classical world would know him. He's, uh, I think, at the University of Michigan or Minnesota. He was a, he actually came and did a guest residency here um, many years ago when we did his opera, um, The the Wedding, um, here at UNL. Um, so we've got, so it's a lot of, uh, Libby Larson's another one of the composers. She's a very famous uh, uh, female composer in the United States. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's it, eighteen songs uh, are in the book, uh, and it's uh, you can still buy it today, and they're they're great, wonderful songs, uh, and so we're very excited to to share them. I think I hear you saying that there are, are have been additional ones written since that time that would have gone along with had there been able to have a second volume produced would have fit into there. So I, if I understood you correctly, maybe one or two of those will be performed. Uh, well, yeah, actually, several several of them, and and this is where uh, I'm really grateful to my colleague uh, Susan Hurley, who's at the University uh, Mississippi University for Women. This has uh, really been a, a passion of hers and a lifelong project of hers of collecting these songs that either were originally planned for the second volume, or um, had there been a second volume, would most likely have been included or would be included in future volumes of it. Uh, and so um, those are, uh, well, you'll hear a lot of those. I, I'm actually singing uh, three of those. Uh, three of the songs that I'm singing are all these sort of unofficial AIDS quilt songbook uh, songs. Uh, and one involves cello. It's uh, the, um, the, the text that's attributed to um, Elizabeth Fry, the Do Not Stand at My Grave and Weep. Uh, and it's absolutely beautiful with the, the cello. So I'm very excited to perform that with my colleague in the Glencore School of Music, Karen Becker. Well, this just sounds like an absolutely uh, wonderful and um, uplifting event for a day that when it was first created, probably had little to do with uh, with uplifting spirits and more about uh, memorializing those who had had lost their lives to this. Uh, Pat, in your time here, because you and I have been to a few rodeos at this place in our various years here at the university, and you are a highly recognized and, and much valued member of the of this community at the university. How have you seen attitudes about HIV and AIDS 
morph and evolve uh, since that we first learned what those what those acronyms meant back in the eighties. I think there's a a lot less um, primal fear around it. Um, I also think that with it there being more prevention methods like prep um, and things like that, that I think that um, like safer sex kits, I think people are more willing to pick them up. Um, I, I don't think that there's quite as much um, discomfort around um, recognizing that there's a need to protect your sexual health. Um, And so I think that those are all good things. I think the other aspect of it is um, it also becomes kind of mainstreamed and into the background. And so that's why I also think that this is this is one of the reasons why this program is so important is it kind of brings it back to the forefront, but without making it be about fear. Because I know that um, doing prevention um, 20 30 years ago was very different because HIV was a much more scary thing to people, I think. Um, Not that anybody wants it um, or that I really know how everybody really thinks about it at this point, but I do think that things have evolved in a way that help people manage it, whether it's prevention or treatment or um, supporting somebody who might have HIV or AIDS. And so those are those are all good things in terms of how things have evolved, I think. When you talk about the fear, uh, not just the fear of people afraid they might contract the, the virus or might develop it into full-blown AIDS, but also the fear of people who are not involved and are not uh, affected by the disease coming in contact with those who might have been. I can remember the the stigma of people saying, oh, don't sit next to that person. He might breathe on you. I mean, all the misconceptions oh. people had about, about this. I can remember going to a panel discussion where there was someone who had, it was, was HIV positive and shared a water glass with someone who was not. And people in the audience were just aghast. And they did that intentionally to, to prove, to talk about yeah. ways that could be transmitted and not transmitted, to try to tamp down this paranoia that people had about even being in the same room with someone who might have been HIV positive. So I yeah, would hope we've made some progress there. Yeah, and I think that there's also more of a overall like use of by medical professionals um, protective gear. And so because I remember even reading about how medical professionals didn't want to interact with anybody who was HIV positive or had AIDS because there was so little known about it. And because of the way people's minds work, it's kind of a protective, although not helpful thing to make it be somebody else's problem and then um, create that stigma and fear towards like groups of people. And so worldwide, we know that this basically impacts everyone, um, even though there may be disproportionate impacts on um, different minoritized communities. So um, being aware of that and being able to manage emotional reactions to things through information and resources is so helpful for people. Devin, I am I'm pleased to know that the uh, songbook goes back as far as it does because 
to my mind, in involving music in this event is also a perfect stroke. And I can't imagine a world without music. I'm a singer myself. I can't imagine a world without vocal music. Uh, talk to us about the transformative power of music to help us get through things that otherwise we might have trouble grappling with. Yeah, sure. You know, um, there's a a, a, a a composer in Broadway, um, oh, I'll forget his name, but he's quoted as saying that um, words make you think a thought, music makes you feel a feeling, and a song makes you feel a thought. Um, <laughs> and I think that that's where the power of these songs are, is that you 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 really, you, you hear the thoughts of the of the poet and 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 you feel the emotion of the composer through these things. And in working with some of the students, I've you know we've been talking about how some of these songs, it's it's kind of hard to know if if the person who is singing, if you will, is the person who is dying from AIDS or is the person who's in love with the person who's dying with the AIDS or is a family member is it's really hard to know. Um because the 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 text can be um very um intellectual very high and and in some cases it, it they're in the songs that i'm singing for them well one of the songs i'm singing is that they're they're kind of meant to be funny and you know who's singing them um but uh but just the 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 varying emotions that you'll hear in these different songs i believe one of the songs that we're singing we're having to perform is um is one where it's a mother singing about her child who's dying from aids you know, uh, and 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 then there's there's other ones where it's um, you know a, a, a person has AIDS and 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 you know they've accepted that and and they still want to live their life uh, you know and, and 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 live it to its fullest. So I just think that 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 when you hear these words put to music, you you really get a, a, a you really enter into the mind of 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 the people that you're you're that you're hearing about in the song uh, and you really do feel it very deeply so it it should be a really really great um experience i just can't uh I, I i can't wait to go the event sounds like it's going to be a great gathering of the community and all the meanings of that word to uh help us heal to help us cry and laugh and uh help find some some healing in many cases. Uh, remind us again, if you would, the, the date and the location and some of the events for the University of Nebraska's uh, commemoration of World AIDS Day on December 1st. So the, so the concert, I'll do the concert and then other events uh, I'll let Pat do. So the concert is December 1st at four o'clock to six o'clock at the uh, International Quilt Museum on thirty-third um, and Holdridge, uh, and that will feature the the songs from the AIDS Quilt Songbook as well as a panel from the AIDS Quilt, uh, and um, a research presentation from Dr. Benson Adagwa from the UNMC about AIDS research, and um, there'll be refreshments uh, and and things and. Yeah, and it's to benefit the Nebraska AIDS Project. And I also need to put in that we've um, gotten funding to support this project from the Hickson League College of Fine Performing Arts, the Glencorf School of Music, the International Quilt Center, the Gender and Sexuality Center, and the UNL Faculty Senate Convocations Committee. Pat? Um, I, I think Kevin pretty much covered it all. So I'm just going to say that um, I do think that music make such a difference in people's lives and the one way that we can all connect with each other no matter what 
is by realizing that we all share emotional responses to what's going in on in people's lives. And with as much um, separation as there is these days, I think that this is a great way for the community to come together and to have a community experience that hopefully will be um, informative and healing and helpful for people. So I appreciate everybody who helped put this together. Um, and thank you also for being willing to interview us and help get the word out. And it's great that you were planning to be there. So looking forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Absolutely, thank you. Pat. Uh, thank you both for taking time to talk to us about the event. We do look forward to attending and uh, hopefully we'll have a good crowd for this event on December 1st at the Quilt Museum, 33rd and Holdridge. Our guests this morning on Campus Voices, Pat Tetro, the director of the LGBTQA Plus Center and the Women's Center at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. And Kevin Hanrahan is a professor of voice, director of faculty development in the Glencorf School of Music. We're going to close today with a, a fitting bit of music since we've been talking so much about the, the intersection of music and the AIDS quilt. It is sort of the unofficial theme song from the documentary that was made about the AIDS quilt, the name's quilt, called Common Threads, Stories from the Quilt, a documentary that was released back in 1989. And Bobby McFerrin is, is credited with being the person who directed the music for the documentary, on his 1990 studio album called Medicine Music, he released a, a cut that was the theme from the Common Thread Stories from the Quilt documentary, simply called also Common Threads. We'll leave you with that this morning on Campus Voices. Na, na, na.
Bobby McFerrin from his 1990 studio album, Medicine Music, and the song called Common Threads, the theme from the documentary Common Threads, Stories from the Quilt. I'm Rick Alloway. This has been Campus Voices. I appreciate your time this Sunday morning. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.